Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and today we are talking about benefit trends in the public sector. This is an area that has been hugely impact, impacted by the ongoing pandemic. You know, we're seeing state and local budgets cut. Many of these people do still need to be going, interacting with the public, um, all those costs around keeping clean workspaces and, and stress. So we're bringing in two uh, experts in this area. We have with us Donna Nixon, who is the vice president at Pierce Group Benefits. This is a, sort of a leading public sector um, uh, brokerage. They serve over 220 public sector clients, over 85% of public schools in North Carolina they are working with. And Donna is has 26 years of experience in the public and private insurance space. Most of her work has been focused on local governments, providing expertise to, you know, this really specialized industry group. So welcome, Donna. Thank you, Claire. It's a pleasure to be here today. Wonderful to have you. We also have Steve Vermet from Colonial Life. So Colonial Life works with state governments in 41 of the 50 states in the U.S., working with more than 5,000 governments, including including counties, municipalities, townships, and more than 3,000 public schools and charter schools and so on. And Steve is also bringing more than three decades of experience in the benefits industry and is serving as the national public sector sales leader for Colonial Life. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Claire. So I'd love to begin just by asking, clearly we all no, certainly the public sector is one of you know the largest sectors being impacted in terms of budgets and so on. What are you both seeing in, in the benefits space? What are some of the key challenges you're seeing? And maybe Donna, let's start with you. Great. Thank you, Claire. So um, you know, the folks in benefits have a unique challenge, I believe, in public sector simply because of historically how they've really managed their day-to-day -day operations. So you touched on that a little bit. You know, they are typically in public buildings that um, are usually open. Um, so their exposure to um, more people is a little bit heightened, right? And yet they've been traditionally very reliant upon face-to-face -face interactions and really paper interactions. You know, lots of communication that is distributed on site. And so from a HR perspective, when uh, the pandemic hit, you know, trying to manage benefits became a real challenge just because of their kind of their historical culture. And so they had to really quickly try to figure out how are they going to continue to communicate with their existing employees? How are they going to manage um, really time and attendance issues? and um, really had to think through how they would work through the dynamic of onboarding and offboarding employees, because all of those functions were really done in a face-to-face -face capacity. Um, and they, a lot of times, did not have the same technology advances that other industries have had to really pivot very quickly. Fascinating. And Steve, I wonder what you would add to that. Yeah, what what we're seeing, and um, it started out a few years back when we worked with the Governing Institute doing some thought leadership work, was that public entities had been challenged with recruitment and retention. I mean, that that was where they were 
um, seeing and feeling some some pain. Part of that's because you've got 10,000 baby boomers a day reaching age 65. They're being replaced by the um, younger demographic. At the same time, you know, they're limited in terms of what they can pay. Uh, so they're competing competing with the private sector. So recruitment and retention was a pre-pandemic issue. It's still an issue after the pandemic, but what's kind of taken on more of um, what's on the forefront now is, is uh, stress. And what I mean by that holistically is stress from a health insurance perspective or a personal health perspective and, and stress from a financial perspective. So what we're trying to do is look at uh, holistic wellness, if you can, and help them uh, in that regard come up with solutions for not only recruitment and retention, but holistic wellness. So. Well, it's fascinating. You're both, you know, bringing up a few really important issues here. So that paper-based and and person-based approach that's now, I'm guessing, has a lot of hybrid elements in it, right? And uh, and then the the retention, right, and that, that the increased levels of awareness around financial well-being and so on. I wonder if we can start with a te- technology angle, perhaps. In te- I'm assuming technology has been helping Donna uh, people pivot to. I mean, how have, have have your clients been reacting then to that abrupt reduce in paper that I'm sure is happening? <laughs> Right. So, so unfortunately, I think in some cases, um, you know, technology um, it hasn't come out as quickly as a lot of municipalities would like. Right. So there are still some places that, um, you know, have limited Internet access, um, you know, really across right. the country. And so that divide has been very much in the forefront of folks' mind as far as those that that don't have access. And then, you know, the the actual hardware. So, you know, municipalities traditionally have had, you know, desktop computers for their employees that worked in the office, right? They didn't all have laptops. And so having to try to make that pivot to provide access to information um, has been a challenge for folks. But those... um, that have been able to kind of take advantage of the CARES Act money and and kind of make some advancements on the the hardware and the software side, you know, have been able to really um, bring those services because at the end of the day, you know, they do have to find how to deliver on their commitments. And, you know, public sector folks are passionate about continuing to do that. And so I think there's been a lot of extra time and effort put in um, to make sure that they could utilize the technology that is is being brought forth to um, help them continue to to deliver. Right. And Steve, I'd love to ask you about that. So I know Colonial Life does a lot of sort of webinars around virtual enrollment, for example. That's been something that Colonial Life's been kind of leading in for a while. Um, any best practices you would share? Yeah. So, um Colonial is a bigger enrollment company than they are an insurance company. We enroll 10 times more um, products that are not ours than we do our our own. And what's happened to us during the pandemic is the pandemic's become the great accelerant for digital, virtual, um, non-paper. You know, face-to-face is now like this through screens. Um, so some of the some of the best practices um, that we've seen, and certainly the Pierce Group 
uh, embraces a lot of these things, but one of them would be a digital benefit booklet. If I'm going to sit down and explain your benefits to you, Claire, wouldn't it make sense for you to have a digital benefit booklet that you and I can walk through together digitally? Uh, and that's been one of the best tools um, available that we we uh, created, oh, I guess about a year and a half ago, uh, and now, we, now we've scaled it. The, the the other thing I would I would say is just um, it's technology that we would call digital postcard. So it's basically a way to communicate through email or electronically using snippets of information that basically say your enrollment's coming up, these are the dates, schedule you know a meeting with a benefit counselor, and there's a scheduler attached to that, and maybe some information around some of the products. So that has been adopted, uh, and we're using it in a lot of the groups now as well. So the flight the flight to digital ha has happened very quickly, and we've had to keep up with it. The, the Pierce Group's been ahead of that curve for a while, interestingly enough, because they've had to deal uh, historically with, with hurricanes that have hit, you know, one side of the state. And, and so the schools are in a place where they, they're closed, but you still got to enroll and communicate their benefits. So that's one of the reasons why the Pierce Group's been so far ahead of the curve on this. Um, Steve, um, thank you for that. Um, one thing I will add is, um, you know, really kind of that piggybacking off of that virtual enrollment because, um, you know, Pierce Group has been doing really virtual and, and capabilities for a long time. And one thing that we found as far as a best practice was really um, kind of employing site-based management to that approach. So, you know, all of municipalities do have um, really a lot of structure built in. And so we early on figured out, you know what, we're just going to kind of piggyback on the structure that already exists, meaning, you know, different department heads are already having staff meetings, right? So how can we piggyback on, hey, can we get five minutes at your staff meeting time to just kind of share a little bit of information, right? And so these days they're having those virtually great. It doesn't take any time for us to kind of piggyback onto their virtual meeting, share a few words about their benefit program, remind employees about the things that they need to know, and then provide them with those next steps. And so we really do manage that with our benefit counselors down to each site so that everyone is treated the same way. You know, groups, public sectors love that because, you know, it's a real equity issue that everyone gets the same information in the same manner and then have the same access to the tools and resources available. That is fascinating and, and brilliant advice. And it really kind of brings me to that point of retention and, and right benefits education, bringing us back to Steve's earlier point about the sheer levels of stress and and how important is are those benefits right now to retaining staff and and maybe steve let's start with you there any thoughts on that and and, and is there an opportunity here to really yeah. increase the education yeah it's good good question claire so um you know the one of the questions we're 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 asking ourselves right now especially uh, with the pandemic and then to some extent the extension of the pandemic is how important is employee engagement these days. And what I mean by that is how is how important to both the employer and the employee is it that people understand how their current benefits work and what choices they have. And what we're finding is that it's paramount. It's become extremely important um, on the one hand. And what that does is that allows employees to understand and appreciate what their employer is doing for them. Once you get them through 
all of their benefits. So it does help from a uh, retention perspective to make sure people understand what they have and the choices they have. At the same time, we're seeing more people buy insurance than they have in the past in terms of the number of people we see compared to the number who purchase, it's gone up pretty significantly during the pandemic. So how important is employee engagement? And we think it's extremely important these days. So we're doubling down on what we've already been doing. I'd like to piggyback on what Steve just said. Um, you know, we are seeing a lot of the same trends um, now more than ever employees are starting to really pay attention to what is it that I actually had for coverage because the pandemic has brought to life that, you know, maybe everyone isn't invincible, right? And so folks who never thought about insurance before are now starting to think about, I better take a look to see what I actually have and what I actually might need. And so um, those are the exact same folks who need a little bit more handholding as well. You know, they do need a little bit more coaching as far as, well, what does this actually mean? Because perhaps maybe they weren't really interested in benefits before. And so um, they really need that level of engagement that they had maybe not had before. So folks who typically would make decisions, you know, in, in a few seconds or, you know, kind of do those on their own are really seeking out the time with the benefit counselors and um, really inviting spouses and other folks to kind of join them in those conversations because, um, you know, benefits have become real. One other thing Steve mentioned is, you know, the public sector, they are challenged with their compensation, right? So they can't pay folks as much as other groups, but they do in past years past have had a really um, robust benefit package. Um, because a lot of folks that are retiring are retiring with the baby boomers, you know, that recruitment has become more and more important. And so really trying to make sure that you are offering a robust and real flexible benefit package has been some of the things that our groups are trying to do to really help them recruit new folks into public sector um, employment. That's really helpful context, Donna. And I wonder if you could perhaps both share any resources you might sort of encourage listeners to check out. I know you both appeared in a recent webinar on SHRM, Society of Human Resource Management. We're going to link to that recording. That was actually for the education space, particularly. Um, uh, but Donna, any, any resources you might recommend? Um, one resource that I would recommend would be governing. Um, they have a lot of great resources, both in print and online, um, to really help municipalities and counties across the state, across the country, um, really with all sorts of different topics. They really have a huge range of information there available for folks. Wonderful. Steve? Yeah, I would recommend a couple of different resources. First, the International Public Managers Association for Human Resources, IPMA. It would be synonymous with SHRM, but for public sector, they've got a lot of great information online. They survey their constituency all the time. And in public sector, they share best practices because they're not competing with each other. So, so uh, the information is current and robust. I would also recommend the um, Center for State and Local Government Excellence. Uh, they've got great information on their website that's that's addressing specifically what's happening in public sector and how they're dealing with the pandemic. Uh, so those would be the two I would recommend that we use. Wonderful. And anybody listening, if you have questions particular to your space, you know, please do write to us um, uh, and let us know your questions because we certainly want to bring these wonderful people back. <laughs> so Donna and Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you very much, Claire. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.